Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, everyone. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. And once again, it's so good to be with you. And we continue in our Advent series focusing on key words that we believe are astonishing. This morning, I want you to hear as we continue from my friend Mary as I bring her up here. Can we clap for Mary? Mary and I have some history, but we didn't know it until we kind of figured it out. Have a seat here, Mary. What's so wonderful is, I'll move that for you. What's so wonderful is that uh, we figured out uh, in, by happenstance a while back that Mary and I are connected because she went to high school at the same place and around the same time as my dad and his brothers. And it was through happenstance that we figured out that her life that she was raised in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh, crossed over very much so with my dad and his brothers through that high school and just through the area they were from. What you don't know about Mary is this. She left that area after she got out of high school and she went to college and actually transferred colleges because her family moved out here. Her dad, prior to Walt Gerber at Menlo Park Press, was the pastor there. And a lot, of people, a lot of us know that name, Walt Gerber, but hey, there's always somebody before somebody. And before, and before, before Walt Gerber, it was her dad. And he served there for how many years? Thirteen. Thirteen years. And so Mary came out and went to Berkeley, and then she was, she was a math major, all right, ended up being a teacher, and then found her way out to the Boston area and fell in love and bumped into her husband, Gary, which he always is trying to fool us because it's spelled Jerry, but it's Gary. It's Gary, thank you. All right, I'm always tripping over that. The guy's name's Jerry. No, it's Gary. And so, but in the end, they then came back and settled in Menlo Park and raised their kids years ago. 50 years ago. I've been there since 1972. 72. 72. What I would like to have Mary share about today is this season that she started in around 2013 that began to create a great dis-ease in her or a lack of peace. Can you give us the circumstances why and what occurred to start that season? Uh, in the spring of 2013, which would be 10 years, mm -hmm. I was leaning my right forearm on my desk and I felt something and I felt with my left hand and it was a lump. So I immediately called and got a doctor appointment, went in, and he said, this is a lipoma, which is a harmless fatty tissue deposit. He said, you could have it out if it was bothering you, but I'd recommend you just leave it. I said, okay. So I relaxed. Well, within a few months, it was really bothering me. So I did call and ask to have it out. In September of 13, I had that surgery just in the doctor's office. Didn't feel good about it. He complained the whole time. He said, some of these are easy and some are hard, and yours is hard. And it's coming out in pieces, and there's necrosis here, and there's calcification here. And I was very upset about it. I went home and told my uh, daughter, who's a doctor, I, I feel terrible about this. Mm. Well, the pathology came back and said it was benign. So once again, I relaxed, and I thought it was behind me. Well, 
within a couple months it was really growing and we now know he just didn't get it all. Mm. I had a biopsy and an MRI and it was something called sarcoma, yeah. which is a fairly rare kind of cancer. It's a soft tissue cancer. It's not skin, it's not bone. It's usually arms and legs. So in 2014, in March, I had a surgery. I said, do you think you got it all? He said, yes. So again, I relaxed. This is behind me. Pathology came back and the margins weren't clean. Mm -hmm. So in April, I had another surgery this time a bigger one with a skin graft, mm. followed in May and June mm. by radiation. Yeah. A few months later, it was back. Mm. I realized I was really worrying about this cancer because it just kept coming back. With good reason. And nothing robs you of peace more than worry. Mm. The Bible is very clear. Do not worry. Matthew 26, 27 says, Who of you can add one hour to your life by worrying? And then Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, mm -hmm. let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 So, tell us, Mary. So the antidote for worry to me is gratitude. Yeah, for Thanksgiving. Sure. Yeah. And whenever worry thoughts would start creeping in, which they often did, I would just start giving thanks. Thank you, Lord, that it's me that has this and not one of my children or eight grandchildren. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that I have a really good doctor and good medical care. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord, that my husband and my family are so helpful. Mm. Thank you for this church yeah. and the sojourner class that we're in that was so supportive. Yeah. And as I would give thanks, the worry thoughts would just melt away. Mm. So good. Tell us then... But it continued. It continued. It continued. And tell, me, tell us about how, as it continued, how he really took you to a deeper place of peace. It kept coming back, always in less than a year, roughly six months. Yeah. And I would have more and more surgeries. Every time I would pray, Lord, please heal me of this cancer. And every time it would come back, I would be a little bit disappointed. And then I read a quote by the martyred missionary, Jim Elliott. Mm -hmm. He was killed when I was a teenager. It made a big impression on me. It said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. Mm. And I puzzled over that. What did that mean? Isn't it right to pray for healing? Jesus went around healing. Isn't it right to pray against cancer? I do think it is, but I finally concluded that he was really asking me to trust him. Mm. And so I changed the way I prayed. Mm. God, whatever you have for me, whatever my journey is, that's what I want. 
as long as you're going to be with me, I want you to make the decisions, and I'll take whatever you have for me. And, and that gave me a much deeper peace than I'd ever had before. Sure. If you had asked me before this journey, are you grateful to God? Do you trust yeah. God? I would have said yeah. absolutely. But you see, he took me much deeper. Hmm. Take us to 2017 then. Okay. In March of 2017, I had another cancer surgery, my eighth. Hmm. Eighth in four years. Yes. Yeah. This was followed by radiation in April and May, my third round of radiation. By the way, sarcoma, uh, chemo does not work on sarcoma, so yeah. I never did have that. So the radiation finished in May. In June, I found a lump again. I called the doctor. He said, go have an MRI, which I did. The problem was we had a family vacation planned for over a year. We were leaving Saturday, 16 of us, to go to Hawaii. And this was Thursday I had the MRI. So I was waiting Friday to hear from him as to whether I could go or not. Finally, Friday night, I got an email, and he said, yes, there's something, but go ahead and go. I'll see you as soon as you get back. It won't make any difference. Mm. So I did go. We all went, had a wonderful time. I did not worry, although it was not far from my mind. Mm. And um, the day before we were to come home was June 30th. For some reason, I felt rather restless, which isn't like me. We went out to dinner, came back. Uh, Gary went to bed early, which is like him. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. I stayed up. Um, I was reading the Bible and listening to Christian music on my iPad. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice. An audible voice. And it said, you're going to lose your arm. But it's going to be okay because I'm going to be with you. Was that God? Did God just speak to me? I've been a believer for 76 years. He never spoke to me. I think God just spoke to me. I think he just told me I'm going to lose my arm. I was just all a flutter. It was all I could think about. I was 90% sure he had spoken to me and told me. I finally went to bed, did sleep, got up the next morning. We packed in the morning. Flew home in the afternoon. It was all I could think about, but I didn't say a word to anybody. Mm. Sunday morning, we got up, came here to church. Pastor Gary Ganini spoke on the story in Genesis where God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And his first question was, what are you holding on to too tightly? He had in mind things like reputation, possessions, relationships. I kept saying, my arm, my arm. Mm. And then he said, whatever it is, you must learn to hold it loosely. Mm. And then I knew for sure. Mm. It had been confirmed by scripture and by a trusted pastor. Mm. The last point was, 
Isaac says to Abraham at one point, Father, we have everything for the sacrifice but the animal. And Abraham says, God himself will provide. And I knew that was for me too. Went home from church, told Gary, Gary, I'm going to lose my arm. He said, oh, no, you're not. They're not talking about that. Went next door to uh, our daughter. One of our daughters lives next door, and she's a physician. I said, Laurie, I'm going to lose my arm. She said, oh, no, Mom, no. Monday morning, 9 o'clock, Laurie and I were at the doctor's office. He came into the office. He sat down, and he said, yes, the cancer is back. It's deeper than before. It's around major blood vessels. We cannot do more surgery. Mm. We cannot do more radiation. As you know, chemo doesn't work. The only thing we can do is amputate. Mm. I didn't cry. I wasn't surprised. How kind of God to tell me. Mm. I knew this was my journey, and I had peace. On August 29th, 2017, they amputated my right arm above my elbow. Mm. And now I'm a late lefty. I was right-handed for 76 years. (laughs) You know, if you ask me how it is, well, it's not the most wonderful thing. I'm not very good in the kitchen anymore, chopping and so forth. (laughs) But it's not terrible either. I totally dress and undress myself. I drive, I go to the store, buy what I want. I even figured out a way to knit with one hand, and I've done afghans for my grandchildren. Mm, It's wonderful. So what word would I use? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, just like God told me it would be. Peace. Peace. Let me pray for Mary. Lord, we just acknowledge... You've done a great work, a work of growing faith, a work of taking one person's life and making it useful for so many. And Lord, whether it's before us today or with the kids she teaches on Sunday here at PCC or whoever she uh, engages with, Lord, may peace go out, may your peace go out through Mary based on the work you've done through her. And Lord, we'll give you praise for that. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, can we clap for Mary? I got you. Peace to you. Are you astonished? I hope you are. Because that's one of the main things we're hoping to accomplish during this journey of Advent. Journey's a time of preparing for the coming, the arrival. We do it in remembering the birth, and then we do it in hope of the second coming. And so when I think about her story, oh, I am astonished that one could come to such peace. Don't we all need peace like that? Oh, so, so much. I think Mary has given us our message today. And what I want to do with it is just really wrap it up to show you this journey or history of peace that God has been wanting to give us from the start into our present 
and into our future. I don't know if you remember, but last week we talked about how our hope, our hope is found on a very firm foundation. And so our hope is grounded in this firm foundation that's based on God's character, based on all his promises for us in the word, and based on the work of the cross. I hope you remember that because you can always give an answer for the hope you have. When you get to the point of Mary having peace, it has something to also do with this hope. But the powerful part is if we stand on this hope, on this foundation, his character, his promises, and the work on the cross, here's what I believe happens. We find peace in his presence. And that's the big idea I have for us today, that hope is found on the firm foundation. That's what I want you to remember from last week. But peace is found where? In his presence. Peace is found in his presence. Would you repeat that with me? Peace is found in his presence. That's what you heard in this story. The peace came upon her. And oh, do we need this peace, because we got a big problem in this world, don't we? The reality is we struggle and have uh, a lot of times in our life where we're lacking peace. I call that a dis-ease. Do you hear the concept of that word? It's a dis-ease. Hence, you could call it a disease. So when it gets down to it, the problem we have is that we have a lack of peace sometimes because of sin, sometimes because of anxiety in our lives, and then sometimes because of the people in our lives. We're always wrestling with that. And what God is wanting to do, he's wanting to help us deal with that dis-ease, help us deal with that lack of peace, help us deal with that lack of wholeness. In essence, it feels like a war sometimes within us, doesn't it? When you have deep anxiety in you, can you relate? It feels like a war. Some anxiety is genetic. You can see we, some people have a general anxiety disorder. Others have acute anxiety, which is like you just have, you're about to have a car accident. That's real acute anxiety that shows up. Some people from the car accident have post-traumatic stress where you can't get out of your system. But most of us actually suffer with this chronic anxiety, perceive things that actually will never take place, but we're afraid they're coming. Anybody relate to that? The beautiful part about about it is this. In all these anxieties, God can bring in peace if we receive that by faith. What's wild about the story of peace, just like the story of hope, just like the story of joy that will be told by Scott next week, just, by, just like the story of life that we'll tell on Christmas Eve, this, these stories have a long history, a really long history, and they have a very present future that God is wanting us to experience. You may sit here today and go, I might not ever get to be to peace like Mary is. But I want you to see through six passages right now, and we're going to go through them pretty quickly, how God has yearned for us to have peace from the start, how he came and was peace, and that he is peace for us. So let's get aggressive, grab your Bibles, and work with me through these passages. The first one is this. And as we go into these passages, here is the word I want you to realize he has for us today. Shalom. Could everybody say that? Shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. There's also, when we get to the New Testament, we'll be dealing with the Greek word called irene. Can everybody say that? Irene. That's what God did yesterday. He says, 
Irene. Irene. That was a really, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you'll remember it. And the next time it rains, you'll be like, hmm, God's saying Irene again. He's bringing his peace upon us. That is a beautiful thing about it. Take this a little further. I'll milk this. The reality is God wants to reign in our lives. And you know what he wants to do is bring peace down upon us in every circumstance that we're in. He wants to say to us, hey, I arraigne in your life, and if you let me arraigne in your life, I will bring peace to you. I will bring you that shalom, that wholeness. So look at our first passage in Numbers, Numbers 6.24. Grab a pew Bible and just dance with me through these passages. It's on page 138 in the pew Bible. Numbers 6.24. This was a priestly blessing that Moses told Aaron to say over his people when they established the people of Israel, then they established the tabernacle. He said, all right, let's begin, but let's say this blessing upon our people and hear what the blessing brings. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and what? Give you peace. Then there was this prophecy in the book of Isaiah. Turn to 687 in your pew Bible if you want. 687. It was read this morning. This is a prophecy some 800 years ago saying that there will be one who is the true prince of peace. And where's my present today? Did somebody steal my present? Where's my present today? Summer, where's our... You have my present. Throw it here. This is Prince Wednesday from Daniel the Tiger's cartoon show. All of us who don't watch cartoons anymore have no idea about this. But you know Mr. Rogers. This is an offshoot of Mr. Rogers. This is Prince Wednesday. And hear this passage. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What's amazing this prophecies from 800 years ago came true when the angels sang out. Turn now to Luke 2.13 on page 1027, Luke 2.13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory God, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. This ushered in the peace to all of us who would put faith in Christ. And then, this is what I love. Remember the, the blessing, the priestly blessing? The words, the final words were, give you peace. We'll sing about it in just a bit. Jesus said the same words because he is the priest of all priests. He is the almighty high priest who can actually truly usher in this peace. That's when we were singing the name of Jesus. You're like, there's something about that name. There's just something about the name of Jesus. And look what he said about bringing us peace. Peace I leave you. This is in John 14, 27, page 1081, the Pew Bible. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'll skip to our last passage that Mary brought up today because that peace that he's wanting to give us is there for us if we engage with him. Look what it says 
on page 1181 in your Bible, Philippians 4, 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition, present your request to God. And then what does it say? And the peace of God will transcend all understanding and will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Did you see what God did with Mary today? He helped her live into this verse. She prayed. She gave it to him over and over again. And in the end, he granted her peace and he guarded her heart. So when the time came that she would be told the truth about her diagnosis and her prognosis, her heart was guarded and shielded by God. That's what the Prince of Peace does. He comes and will guard our hearts and minds in that way. I've been thinking about what to get you all for Christmas. And the problem is you like different colors and you all wear different sizes. So it's very challenging. But if I had to pick one thing I could get you for Christmas, I'd get us all these T-shirts. These T-shirts tell us that if we know Jesus, we know peace. And these T-shirts also tell us that if you have no Jesus, you probably have no peace. For a while, you can cope. You can take enough gummies. You can drink enough, all right? You might smoke it. I don't know, you might shop it, you might gamble it, you might sex it. I don't know what you do to bring your peace in you. You might chocolate it, just getting mine out, all right? All right? But after a while, that burns, that flame burns out. And I'm convinced over and over and over again, if we come back to Jesus, there's something about his name. And there's obviously a historical correlation in the promise that he's been wanting to give from long ago into our present and into our future. So today as we go, I want you to consider where do you need peace? Where do you need it? Because what I love about how these words all flow together, there's a passage in Romans 15, 13 that says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting? The hope leads to what? The joy, the peace, and I would say to the love and to the life. And it all comes by way of his presence. By his presence. So as we go today, where do you need peace? Is it in the sin you need to confess? Is it in some sort of anxiety that's got the best of you? Is it in division with somebody? Where is the dis-ease that you have in your life? The disorder, the thing you're overly attached to that God wants to help you break away and fill that place to bring wholeness, contentment, and peace. As our band comes forward right now, I want to give you a moment just to sit in this prayer for your own good in your own way. Maybe you won't say it the same, Maybe it's the first time you'll actually say it. And if you do that, let somebody know. If this is the first time you truly receive the peace of Christ, come forward, let one of our prayer team know or one of our pastors in the back. But if it's the 100th time, this is also God's grace for you today. Where does the presence of God need to come into your life today to push out the lie so that you can receive his peace? Would you take a moment? Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is our time with you, and we ask, Lord, 
that you would give space now and help our people live into this prayer as they recite it, as they receive it, and as they claim it. So go before us in this silence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.